And I thank you. And a gracious good day to all of you, dear friends. Welcome once again to Fusebox. This is show number 15. Insert title here. And, uh, how's it, uh, <laughs> how's it working for you, folks? Still kind of stinky out there, huh? Good God. We have a nice, long Mercury retrograde to enjoy. Looks like the final shadow of it, as they say, will be uh, concluded by June 27th. It seems awfully long to me, but... Yeah, I don't know I'm gonna wanna hang around for all that. Oh yeah? Gonna take a cruise somewhere, are you? Huh? I don't know, I thought I might look up some wormhole portals. Skate out of town for a spell, you know. <laughs> well, I uh, I might be inclined to join you, um, because you know what I found last night, right? Right? Yeah, I, you told me about that. Your little uh, discovery. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, it just it just never quite stops. Isn't that isn't that kind of it? Right? It just keeps going. The hits just keep on coming, folks. Uh, yeah, I, I get home last night from a session, and I'm walking in the... <laughs> by, by sessions, are you referring to the usual deal where you have uh, 18 or 19 cocktails at the indigo room and then stumble back home to collapse face down in your pillow? That kind of session? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, seriously, you have to admit that this this was a wee bit irritating. I mean, I, I come home, walk into the living room, and then, you know, I notice that there's like a, like a trail of dirt running across the room, like, like, like somebody was tunneling, you know, but it's a floor. It's not a dirt floor. Things are bad, folks. They're not that bad. But uh, on closer inspection, I, I discover... It's it's dirt, all right, as uh, all of the potted plants in that room, you know, they're all overturned and have been separated from their pots. And they're like rearranged in some kind of fractal superhighway all over the floor. You know, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to deduce who the perpetrator was. Moriarty? Only if he was a pair of Japanese pocket squirrels. And I got them red-handed on the security cam, too, yeah? Mm, punch it up. Yeah, went on and on like that. They'd probably be putting the finishing touches on that casino by now if I hadn't walked in and spoiled the fun. Seriously. Well, if if they were doing the casino thing, I, I you know I, I I might be inclined to cut them some slack. 
you know, just just saying. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! So now, now they're in need of slack. What happened to wanting to jettison them to Jupiter via slingshot? Well, well I'm just saying, if they're clearly demonstrating true entrepreneurship. Well, you know, then, then maybe... How much of their action did you cut yourself in for? Oh, I wasn't suggesting How that. much? 20%. Boy. Sadly, Tim, the postman, was mistaken for a chew toy by a local rabid dog. Oh, nice doggy. Hey, little doggy. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it uh, it it continues to be a very interesting time. I know a couple of colleagues here on the Overnightscape Underground Channel are between positions. Uh, it's like jobs evaporating, and maybe even the work that you have is sort of diminishing. It's it's a very interesting period of time. hasn't really sorted itself out yet, and we're all sort of hanging on here. I'm thinking it's going to have to swing the other way eventually. I mean, you can't just, you know? This would be a horrible act of physics. The scales are like permanently weighted with a piano on one end. It just doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there, this will, will find its way, and, you know, we'll see better times, and... Uh, but but again, you know, from from the the soil of uh, despair, sometimes grows something rather marvelous. And uh, Frank Edward Nora, our intrepid leader on the Overnightscape Underground Network, has put out a book, the Onsug Guide. Uh, this isn't an ebook, folks. This is an actual book. It's like ten million pages long. It, uh, it chronicles basically the 12-year-plus history of all of the broadcasts that are included in the uh, Overnightscape Underground Archive. And that includes his show and several variations of his show that he's done over the years and everybody else's detailed, pretty outstanding work. And... Uh, there's something like, I don't know, 700 years of audio on this thing. I'm not sure what it is. But there's a lot of, lot of stuff, and it's going to be very hard to you know, sit down and just hear it all. It, it's a commitment. But uh, this guide is a great reference if you're trying to find something that happened back there and you're not sure what it was. Well, it's in there, and you can look it up. And it's available at Amazon.com for a most reasonable sum. I think he said 8 bucks or something. And, yeah, well worth it. I mean, there's... I don't know of anything in, in uh, this sort of internet broadcasting that's ever happened like that. That's a first and uh, definitely a, uh, a bloom in this otherwise weird desert we seem to be experiencing right now. So check it out. Spotlight on Phil. Always makes me think of the Encyclopedia Britannica films from 1950. Well, folks, I uh, stumbled across a documentary uh, made by filmmaker Denny Tedesco, which I learn actually was uh, shown at South by Southwest in 2008, but it has taken it a little while to find its way to our screens here, uh, even in limited release, but it is out, and the film is called the Wrecking Crew, 
And、uh, it focuses on a period from like the 1950s, I'd say late 50s, into the 60s and 70s, where a very tried and trusted group of studio musicians shaped the sound pretty much of popular music and were virtually unknown in that process. And、uh, it's explored really, really well and、uh, very enjoyable. Just to give you an example, I, I think if you were growing up the same time I was, we were all aware that the band The Monkees was a bunch of folks who were pretty fun people but didn't play a note, except maybe Michael Nesbeth and Peter Tork may have dappled a bit. But、uh, all of the musical performances were created by a band that they brought in to do that until later in, in their careers. Prior to that, the music was provided. By the wrecking crew. But not only them.、Uh, did you also know that these cats replaced the musicians for Brian Wilson's Beach Boys? Yeah.、Uh, track in particular? Good vibrations. Album in particular? Pet sounds. That's right. This kind of thing was going on a lot, and, and、uh, we hear about things like that now and, and are incensed and so forth. But back in the day, these little casual musical decisions were、uh, made all the time. and the, The general public was never really made aware of that. But what's interesting is the folks who were in the wrecking crew people like Glenn Campbell, Leon Russell, Hal Blaine, Plaz Johnson, and an amazing bass player by the name of Connie Kay, who、uh, was pretty much single handedly responsible for one of the most iconic bass lines ever. And that is the opening several notes to Sonny and Cher's huge hit. The beat goes on. Now, what happened there, evidently, was that the, the chart just called for an eighth note thing. So, some very plodding one note kind of thing. And Connie took a look at that and said, Yeah, I don't think so. And kind of rearranged that on the spot and gave us that very iconic melodic、uh, lick there. And that, of course, is famous. But also, the same collection of folks were responsible for all the backing tracks for the Mamas and the Papas. Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Were Made for Walking. It also takes time to feature a,、uh, in particular, one player,、uh, a guitarist by the name of Tommy Tedesco. No, it's not an accident that the filmmaker is also named Tedesco.、Uh, Denny produced this movie to give the rest of us a clue as to what it was like to live with his dad and what went on during those times. Tommy Tedesco was an amazing、uh, guitarist, multi instrumentalist, and、uh, personally, I remember him fondly from the pages of Guitar Player magazine back in the 70s, I think. He had a column in there about the gigging musician. And、uh, he would、uh, he'd describe a gig and the time spent, the money he made from it, and how the process went. And, You know, as someone who would probably never enter that particular strata of、uh, studio experience, it was fascinating to me to learn about all of that and the sort of work that he was doing and, and actually <laughs> have the guts to tell you what he actually made on it. These were, you know, union gigs. And so,、uh, you know, jobs like doing a riff for the Hawaii Five O theme,、uh, Mission Impossible, and a, and a host of other things. The guy went on to do a million things. In addition to, Working even on some occasions with one of my favorite humans of all time, Frank Zappa, who also has a, a little、uh, piece in here、um, 
commenting on uh, Tommy and his uh, abilities. <laughs> and and so uh, it's a, a very loving tribute to all of this uh, process. And it's not unlike a, a couple of films that have come out regarding, you know, either uh, background singers or session musicians from Motown, that kind of thing. It's not, not unlike that, but this is is kind of a surprise in a lot of ways. When you learn about how these folks are brought in to do hits that we always assumed had big bands behind them, you know, because we saw the band, we knew they were playing. Well, they were playing, but they weren't playing on the track. So it's really interesting uh, process. So as I say, it uh, came out in 2008, but uh, it is now available to download on Amazon Prime, Google Play, and I think Vudu as well. So if you have a chance to see it, and it's in limited release around the country, so if you have a chance to see it, I, I thoroughly recommend it. It's remarkable, fascinating, and uh, thought-provoking. Yeah. So, friends... Uh-oh. No, 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 no. You know where I'm going here. Um... Have you ever had that experience where you're you're either in line or heaven for fan, you're actually with this person in question whose mission in life, it seems, evidently, is to cause great stress for all those around him or her through their stentorian proclamations of their personal preferences regarding anything and everything from booze to ordering salad. Well, gentle listeners, we have a solution for this modern-day annoyance. Don't be that guy. Thank you again for coming. It really means so much to us. How's the scotch? Oh, it's fine, I suppose. Perhaps a tad presumptuous on the front end and rather pedestrian on the whole, I would say. Certainly no Ledeg Duskada, which imparts rather unique and distinct smoky notes, due to its long dormant period, during the maturation process, of course. I must say, the Tobamori Distillery really has a handle on single malts. Oh, by the way, Duskada is a Gaelic for awakening, which I must say is rather apropos in as much as the Scots were getting. Those of you who have been following the show for a while, and by the way, you are of impeccable taste and distinction. If you have been tagging along on this audio slipstream, then you are familiar with Twisted Epiphanies, these little entries that I often play here. These are short spoken word pieces that are given a little audio enhancement and sent on their merry way, and we have another one today. Uh, this one, uh, written by Lawrence Overmeyer, a chap whose work we often adapt mercilessly in these segments, he also has been a guest on the program with his wife and collaborator Nancy McDonald. This one, called Newsworthy, is highly appropriate for these times we live in and is read here by the lovely and talented Nancy Munson, 
Newsworthy by Lawrence Overmeyer. Newsworthy. The pundits drivel and drool across the pages of what used to be a newspaper, as if their heady games of political backstabbing and intrigue will actually matter in a year or two. I like to spill cold coffee on their little printed faces and watch their eyes and ears obfuscate into a meaningless stain of ink and goo. Then I take their silly ruminations, folded neatly, to the cat box, where Fluffy has her way with them. What if I don't have a cat? Well, I'm sure you're clever enough to determine a fitting receptacle for the aforementioned pundit drool. Don't you have a monitor lizard? No, I think you're thinking of the other guy. Oh, yeah, 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 right. You're right. He didn't last very long here, did he? Whatever happened to him? I think he got a job at NASA. NASA? Or the NSA? Uh... Yeah, that guy could have gone either way. You know what I mean? Kind of creepy. So, friends, it has come to that part of the program where we once again get to ring some bells and drop in on our friend Timo as he gets to check in with his dentist for a little rinse and spit activity. Here's another edition of Timo's World. It's Timo's World. goes dental. Okay, they're ready for you, Mr. Timo. Hello, Timo. I see we're here for our bi-yearly cleaning. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's get you bibbed and take a look here. Open. Mm Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm Mm-hmm. Some wear on both the maxillary and mandibular molars. I see you're still eating bones, Timo. Mm-hmm. We'll need to keep an eye on that, so let's ease up on the bone chewing to save wear and tear on those magnificent molars of yours. Okay, then? Alrighty. Number six, periodontal nurse. Number six, doctor. My wife and I just returned from our trip to New Zealand. Mirror, please. Beautiful country. 
Mm-hmm. We spent most of the time on the South Island. Lake Pukaki is absolutely pristine, and Mount Cook is just spectacular. Torque wrench. Do you travel, Timo? I absolutely recommend New Zealand. Hmm. The Kiwis are such wonderfully gracious hosts. Excavator, please. And the Maori art is simply exquisite. Truly gifted artisans. Mm-hmm. Are you an art lover, Timo? Ah, French Expressionism. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I take it then that you're a fan of Bernard Buffet's work, yes? My wife and I, vice grips nurse, please, Love his work. Very underrated in his lifetime, I think. Mm-hmm. Such an unfortunate thing, his suicide. Very tragic. Very tragic. Mm-hmm. Are you flossing regularly, Timo? Try to floss regularly as part of your daily dental hygiene routine. We only get one set of teeth, after all, and they have to last a lifetime. Belt sander, nurse. Yes, doctor. Here you are, doctor. Yes, we only get one set of teeth. Okay, I just need to round off those lower canines by an inch or two. <laughs> Now, uh, wider, please. We'll just lean in and reshape those canines. There, that's better. Mm-hmm. Mirror, please. Excellent, excellent. Now, we'll just go ahead and put a nice polish on those teeth and we'll be all done. Would you like spearmint-flavored paste? Cinnamon? Roadkill? There we are, all done now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, nice and clean. Alrighty then, go ahead and pick out your complimentary toothbrush kit, Timo, and we'll see you again in the fall. Would you like red, blue, green, or yellow? Uh, red. Red pretty. Red. Shoot, we're all out of red, Timo. I'm sorry. So blue, green, or yellow? Oh dear. (laughs) 
Schedule Timo in six months for that root canal. Oh, and please order a gross of red toothbrushes, okay? Heaven help us if we ever get to tag along with Timo for his visit to the proctologist. Just saying. And that, dear friends, will wrap this edition of Fusebox. Once again... Thank you so much for pushing play on this installment. My conspirators on this edition have been Aaron Lane Floresca, Nancy Munson, Jeff Pollard, and I have been your host, Mark Rose, and it has been a pleasure bringing this extravaganza to your ears. And please join us next time for more merriment. And until... Our next cartoon...